Welcome to Mint, the podcast exploring the Web3 creator economy. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you what's happening at the corner where crypto meets creators by interviewing Web3's top creative entrepreneurs, collectors, and founders. This episode is brought to you by the composable and decentralized social graph Lens Protocol, who's ready for you to build on so that you can focus on creating a great experience, not scaling your users. Guys, I've talked about this on the podcast before. We as creators need to break through a new paradigm of social networking apps that we control rather than them controlling us. Lens Protocol isn't a social media app. It's designed to let Web3 social apps bloom. Own your content, own your social graph, own your data. Lens Protocol is the last social media handle you'll ever have to create. What's up, guys? Another episode at the Mid Podcast. With me today, I have Ellie Farisi, my co-founder at Bello. Ellie, what's up? Hey, guys. How's everyone doing? I'm feeling good, Ellie. Excited to be in this corner of a room in this co-working spot in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, little cafe, co-working vibe. We're here in Denver. We just had a few days of build week and now hopping into the official East Denver conference, which starts today. Starts today. You've been hacking, though, for the last few days now. Yeah, mixture of Finding time to work on a hackathon project and working on a new Bello feature, shipping. So I've mostly just been heads down coding. I think I think you and I, was it Tuesday, we sat from like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Like I didn't even move. My, my back was like hurting after a minute, uh, but just, just shipping stuff, getting things done. So we have been spending the last few days, as Ellie mentioned, rolling out a new feature at Bello, revenue dashboards, helping creators understand their gross revenue how fast they sold out their drops, and who their top supporters by each spend are. Um, so we've been heads down the first few days of Build Week. Um, so rather than building the hackathon, we've been hacking at a new feature. Bello started at a hackathon, so I feel like it's very... Uh, I love I love the hacker. Hacker vibes all the way. All the way. And Ellie, I wanted to do this episode at East Denver because in the background, you'll probably hear noise. We're at this coffee shop sitting in a glass room. Um, and there's a bunch of people around us working and in this echoey room, kind of documenting the last few days yeah, and also sort of what to expect in the next few weeks, I feel like. So number one, first impressions of ETH Denver. What are your thoughts? So last, this is my, I guess, third or technically, technically second in person. I, I was at ETH Denver a year ago, which honestly was probably one of the biggest career, just life transformative experiences I had. It was my first like dev focused hackathon. I, and I think that that ethos of, of ETH Denver really bleeds in every year after year. Um, yeah, it, it's just really, I, I found that ETH Denver is, is a, a place that's really dedicated to builders and to creative minds and people trying to solve the problem for the, for the right why. Um, and so I'm super excited to be back here uh, a year later. This is also the the place that my dear friend Adam Levy and I met each other for the first time a year ago. Um, so I'm Pretty wild. Kind of crazy, yeah. And like the idea for Bello also started like a year ago at ETH Denver. So right, right. ETH Denver is like home, home to Bello and to us. And uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, had the the Queen George event last year. Yes. Queen George event where we sold tickets as NFTs, pulled up a conference or a concert at your mom's house, house which is a cool venue. As, and I, Not and a I, joke. I know. And I stutter saying that because in my mind, I was like, wow, why did I just... <laughs> But a really sick venue, really, really cool to say the least. Um, and we started this concert and I think, I think it was like season four, season four, one in the middle of the episode. This was three seasons ago. And, um, if you scroll down your Spotify feed or YouTube playlist, you'll see the episode with Queen George and I sort of like 
talking about this moment and what we learned from setting up this this uh, IRL URL concert. But even more importantly, Ellie, um, I want your reflection on the week so far. Okay? Yeah. Because we just came from a, a CSS dinner, our lunch actually, with a bunch of the other people that are in the A16Z Crypto Startup School cohort, which we announced, what, like last week or so, two a weeks ago, a couple yeah. weeks ago. So as a primer, really quick, Bello got accepted into A16Z's Web3 Accelerator. Um, we've been working on Bello for a few months now. We went live August 5th with a private beta. And uh, we kind of got like a blessing to be in this accelerator with a bunch of other really cool companies, 25 other companies to be exact. And in Denver, there was this like little meetup where we got to meet a bunch of these people. I feel like it was like half the cohort. Yeah, it was really, really inspiring to see. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's Denver crypto in-person energy, just this builder mentality and, and to be so close, hearing everyone else's projects, the different various stages that each of us were at. Um, yes, it was a really special day. I, I think I think on top of that, the start of the week, um, I've, I've been here since Friday, so I've been here for a few days now, uh, just going to the, the early stages of the, the hackathon part and seeing, you know, sitting next to all the devs, talking to other people about the projects they're building. I, you know, some, some people, I feel like approach the hackathon of like, how many sponsor bounties can I submit to or like, you know, how big of a bag can I walk away with? And some people come in and like not submitting to anything. And they're just like, I have this idea. I want to go for it. And, you know, they're both great ways to hack. Uh, Adam and I, I think in, in Amsterdam definitely went the route of like, we didn't submit to anything. We just were like, let's build this cool idea. Uh, in Bogota for me, I, our team submitted to like everything. This took all like 15. 15- yeah, it was crazy. Uh, me and me and my friends from another block. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Yeah. Yeah. What? How would you explain hacker energy? It's it's kind of like this burst of momentum. Like I, I don't know. I mean, you have this problems in front of you. You have to really quickly and I, I don't know, in a concise way figure out the problem, figure out a solution. You and and not deviate from the MVP of that solution. That's actually probably one of the hardest things about building a hackathon project is like you can get really distracted and really like derailed of like oh there are this a million different things what if this feature we could do this thing etc and the reality is you have x amount of time to accomplish it you can't do everything so how do you figure out what becomes the the thing that you actually pitch and demo to to everyone so um yeah it's it's really always really interesting to see and, and of course there's iterations and um i think it was actually one of the really amazing statistics that we learned today at the the lunch for css the crypto startup school is that I believe around 70% wow. of the crypto startup school came from uh, hackathon projects. That's wild. Which is so amazing, in my opinion. Like, that's beautiful. I don't know. Uh, to know that people, like, came together, they had a vision for idea. They were able to, like, really quickly ship out a very minimal MVP. Um, I think it's, it's huge because I, I feel like with a lot of companies who don't start that way, you get really bottlenecked of, like, we we have to figure out we have to plan we have to do all this stuff and you just it takes a lot more time and slows you down versus just like shipping something that's broken and barely works and just like get it out there to the world um so i think that hacker mentality really really perseveres in this way for me joining hackathons is sort of being a student i'm not technical i feel like i bring other things to the team um so being around hackers number one and then also participating has taught me a lot about the building process and I feel like I learned Figma in like eight months or something like that. Yeah, Adam kills it at Figma. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a journey. So being in this energy is, is invigorating and very infectious. Um, and 
I'm excited to see what number one people push out in the hackathon because I always go to like the the submission pages mm-hmm. and I try to see like what's trending because you can get a sense of like the pulse of the market and what's hot based off what people are building in the hackathons based off the projects that they're submitting. So I tweeted this a couple of days ago, kind of recash like rehashing the sort of narratives that I hear at Ethever. And I'm hearing a lot of people talk about crypto mobile. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about uh, wallets. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about uh, Web3 social. Um, and I'm curious what the hackathon submissions look like and if they fall in par with these with these various uh, various themes that people are talking about. Have you heard something similar? Yeah, definitely a lot of those those key undertones. Um, talking a lot of the different protocols. ZK is huge. Uh, there's a ton of people scroll ZK Sync building in, in that sort of uh, zero knowledge proof, like hidden identity way. So I'm excited to see a lot of those projects. I I think there might just be a I don't know if it's a, a lot of people building this one or what exactly, but I heard that the presentations are actually split across two days. So Saturday and Sunday, I think most people are presenting. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely always really inspiring to see what people come up with. I'm excited about what we just shipped though the revenue dashboards yeah. and um, they came about when Rio Cragen, who was a Web3 native music artist, hit us up. He's like, I have all these drops, like over 20 drops that we did at Loner's Dow. And Loner's Dow is a, is a crypto native music collective where they curate a lot of really cool Web3 native artists and drop music with them. Um, he's like, I wish I could see all the revenue across Loner's Dow. And I know intentionally when we were building out the initial versions of Bello, we strain away from revenue because we wanted to surface other metrics that kind of like showcase Bello's product in a very unique way. But I felt like now it was the perfect time to release it because not only Rio, but we were also getting people underneath the scenes asking us like, okay, this is great. I can see my assets in common. I can I can understand what price to sell my NFTs at. I can see what time and day I should drop it. But I also want to see the revenue accrued across all those drops. So I felt like it was like an optimal optimal moment to bring that dashboard into place. Absolutely. Yeah, I think having having the insight into like one one quick place to look at like you know you can, you can go to OpenSea and you can see the total volume which really just calculates secondary sales and and having bellow be a place where you can see your primary sales understand like i minted an nft on sound or i minted an nft on decent or wherever it was i had 25 editions 100 editions 500 editions how long did it take for people to actually opt in and buy those like that's a huge metric that I think really shows like dedication to a community because I, I believe we were talking about Annika Rose earlier today and how we've worked a lot with Navak Collective and, and helping support her and her first, you know, she was Bella data, uh, data leading up to um, her first drop on Sound XYZ. And so I think, you know, taking all of the data she's able to use and then now seeing like how quickly she was able to sell out her drop on Sound really shows growth that helps people like plan the next things, understand the engagement, all of that sort of stuff. There's this stigma of tweeting out like, yo, my drop sold out in one hour, you know, or my drop sold out in a few seconds. Now, as you continuously drop more things, you can measure and gauge the rate of excitement around your project, right? right? And how quickly that thing sold out so that you can go back to the drawing table, reflect on that and see, okay, if it sold out in an hour, what did we do for it to enable for it to be sold out in an hour? And maybe we can get it down to 30 30 seconds, you know, five minutes, 30 minutes, whenever, whenever the metric may be. So being conscious of those, of those areas of, of, uh, of, of, uh, of data is something that we were super excited about rolling out this dashboard. Yeah. Especially when you, when you think about this ability to aggregate across multiple collections and, and say you as one artist or creator have dropped 10, 15 different NFT collections and you go through and you click through each of them and you see it's like, Oh, it took a day. It took you know, uh, 12 hours, it took this. And then you see one that took like 
three weeks or something like that. Like that's a really strong indicator for you, like something to look at and be like, okay, well, this like totally skewed my average. And now my average is more like, you know, a few days that it took to sell out when really like it was just this one drop that took a little bit longer. And how can you dive further into that one or one that took really short and sort of like recreate or move a pivot away from certain ideas? And it actually gives you uh, data behind the the actions that you're creating and, and sort of the next steps that you're you choose to do. Another reason why I think like the why now falls into place with releasing this dashboard is because there's a lot of heat around secondary sales and the entire like totally. open sea versus blur marketplace wars and secondary sales and royalties for creators are getting slashed. So my bet, and I think our bet is that there's going to be a lot more of innovation around the primary sales. Um, so having more metrics around that is super important to understand as you experiment with more ideas, yeah. concepts around selling out a drop. I'm curious, Adam, for you, like you're you're a big advocate on this idea of like freemints and growing your collector base and doing all this stuff. Based on all this stuff that, that's now happening with with potentially slashing creator royalties on secondary markets, where do you see the future of primary mints? Like, do you see them being something that that we keep having the free mints, but people charge more maybe for if, if they do their second drop or like how are you how are you seeing it? I think we may see a rise in non-transferable tokens. Okay. And tr- tokens that don't have really secondary volume and mm-hmm. tokens that aren't like by default are not able to be traded. Um, I predicated the entire mint community off free NFTs, the seasonal pins, they're free to mint, they're non-transferable. So I know also A16Z invested right now, I think it was in uh, the YGG's co-founder, like I think it was like a few million dollars to experiment on the forefront of of social, uh, not social tokens, of um, Self- soulbound tokens. Excuse me. Thank you. So I'm excited to see where they go. I think we've only scratched the surface of what a primary sale is. I think there's more to be explored, especially when, uh, once again, the platforms are in control of our revenue. And for whatever reason, we are in the middle of the chaos. So we can bypass that by experimenting more on primary sales. And the second thing is experimenting more on what happens after the sale, the relationships that you make with your collectors and what comes through that. That's something that the marketplaces can't can take over because in web3 the creator is the platform wherever we go our community of collectors follow so i'm excited to see where that where that thesis pans out and other people experimenting on that totally i have intel from different projects that they're going to be doing that already so i I feel like it's already it's already going to spark a lot of innovation a lot of interesting curiosities around the primary sales so we'll see what happens yeah i think i think the idea of like soulbound i'm i'm very excited about i think the idea of like like paid soulbound is really interesting. Like, how can I prove that? Like, once I'm like, one time I'm supported for this thing, and it's not for this potential growth of secondaries. It's like I'm opting into something. And I, I know um we've had a ton of ideas since being in ETH Denver. And right. honestly, just as a side note, I think the the ETH Denver ideation that that comes out of here is like super inspiring. And I feel like we have just continuously been. Uh, thinking about new product ideas, new new innovations for Bello, and uh, you know, I love that. So I think this this one is a perfect one that we've thought about, and there are definitely tons of iterations and things we want to even expand upon here. So, um, where where do you see the, this going next? You know, I want to think like I know what's going to happen in the future, but we're all just learning as we go. And I think Toast Denver is a primal hub for understanding where these next points and directions will sort of take us. So. I'm excited to see how the week unfolds. I'm excited to see what projects get created. I'm excited to meet all these companies and creators that are out here. 
Um, so I think it's also a perfect place to sort of wrap this up too, because it leaves people wanting more. <laughs> so we're going to have to do a check-in at some point afterwards to see what was the rest so of the life. Let's, let's see if Ellie manages the time to sit yeah. our hackathon projects. Yeah, project. yes, yes. So I clearly like the food theme <laughs> names. <laughs> Ellie, this was great. We'll do this again soon. Yeah. Uh, until then, see you around. Awesome. Cheers, guys. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you are a champ, and I owe you a free listener pin. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash NFT, fill in your info, and I'll distribute the NFT towards the end of the season. By collecting your pin, you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content, allow lists, and more. So be sure to collect yours. Also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.